Hey people, Matthias here. Today I will be interviewing another participant of the FI Europe retreat in Portugal this May. And it's Stanley. Stanley is a smart guy from the Netherlands and we've been quite impressed by his online site business and different projects he ramped up while studying and starting his career in medicine. So yeah, just dive directly into the story. Welcome to the Financial Independence Europe podcast, where we interview people from all 44 European countries, all of them, about optimizing your life, geo-arbitrage, and making the most of your money. This was your hosts, Alvar, Arminta, and Matthias. Hello, welcome to another episode of the FI Europe podcast. Um, today, Alvar is with me in the studio. Actually, it's not the studio. And I will say hi. Hey, Matthias. Hey, guys. And we have Stanley with us. Stanley is one of our participants of the FI Europe retreat. Um, say hi, Stanley. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. So, um, yeah, Stanley, maybe you want to introduce yourself because I could do it, but you know, probably you know yourself better. Hey, yeah, sure. Uh, so thanks for having me on the podcast. I'm Stanley. I'm 31 years old. I'm from the Netherlands. I went with these guys on the FI retreat in Portugal and it was good funds. I studied about nine years for my degree and I'm currently working as a medical specialist in the Netherlands. So... And um, how did you learn about FI? What makes you come to us um, to the retreat? Um, how did you learn about the FI? Um, yeah, since how long are you following the, the path to FI? Since how long have I been following the path to FI? That's a big question. Um, so uh, the short answer is uh, I found FI through Mr. Money Mustache, like a lot of people do. Surprise. Um, yeah, surprise, surprise. Yeah, I found his blog well uh, at the end of my study, so before I started my working career. Uh, so that was very helpful. But um, I feel like my path to FI or uh, the entrepreneur's side of it actually started uh, much earlier. Uh, I was visiting my cousin one day uh, when I was about 16 and my cousin has this big wall of books and um, I'm, I was always big into reading and I like books. Um, so I stood before her wall of books and I asked her like, okay, what should I read? What's fun to read? And uh, she gave me a Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I started reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad and uh, the first couple of chapters were uh, really interesting. And it was easy to read. And um, it got me thinking about entrepreneurship and about, you know, some general things about money and how money works and everything. So, um, yeah, Rich Dad, Poor Dad into Mr. Money Mustache. That gave me my initial jump start to, uh, to, to my interest in FI. Cool. And Stanley, just to quickly interrupt, your cousin, why did she give you that book? Like you were obviously looking at like, what made your cousin give you that book? Like what was her like reasoning of like, hey, Stanley is staring at this. He seems to be interested. And what kind of a person is she? So my cousin, she's a successful entrepreneur. And um, I'm Asian, my family's Asian, and Asian people always try to make you do something useful. Um, so that also counts for reading books. And uh, yeah, I think that's the reason why she gave me um, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And what's your, what's your actual strategy and plan to go FI? Um, do you have a plan for the next 40 years or do you go step by step? What assets do you use and yeah, how should it work out for you? Okay, so um, my plans for FI um, at the moment are pretty simple, I think. So I save a monthly part of my income, dump them into um, 
index funds. And then, yes, surprise. (laughs) FI is such an original topic. Um, And I try to, uh, (laughs) sorry, Uh, I try to uh, build, actually, right now I'm focusing on building uh, passive income because, uh, like like you said, the the dumping money into ETFs part is, uh, I think, covered uh, a lot. And there's basically not a lot to say about it at the moment. Or nothing new once you made your setup and you made your choices. Um, so I spent um, I spent a lot of time on my FI path uh, towards building passive income. And the reason I focus on passive income right now is, um, is because I try to accelerate my path towards FI. Um, working my day job, um, I can only, only earn so much um, as I'm working, like time for money, um, as Tim Ferriss said. So um, I'm trying to build more income, doing less. And yes, so basically that's it. Nest egg, passive income. I'm doing some rent real estate and have some rental income. Then that's really it. And there's no possibility to scale your day job. I mean, some people could do it, like um, having own employees or, I don't know, opening another office like that. Um, Actually, there is. Uh, There's a lot of room for the entrepreneurial side in my um, day job. But the thing is, um, it doesn't... It doesn't bring me as much joy as building something from scratch in a different area because my day job is, well, it's a job. And the things that I'm trying to launch are things I like, a bit more towards passion projects. And I can always extend my day job and do an entrepreneurial thing on my day job. Uh, yeah, it would be able to scale for me, but it's just less interesting. That's basically what I'm trying to say. It's less interesting to do so. And Stanley, also just to ask, um, can you share some numbers with us regarding savings rates, um, FI, target goal roughly, um, or just percentages, if you feel more comfortable uh, sharing those? All right. You have to you have to call me out on what numbers you want, though. My savings rate, my flat savings rate is about 20 to 25%. What else would you want to know? Cool. Um, like your five target number, like roughly the amount you want to save, like 600K, 500K. Right. Uh, my five target number is going to be around 1 million. At that point, I will be doing the math and calculate when is it possible to go FI or it also depends when I get there. So basically, I'm working towards uh, 1 million and I'll see from there. Yeah. That's it. Um, all right. So what we've been quite impressed uh, at the FI Europe retreat is your presentation about your, your side business that you that you created while studying um, on your medical field. And yeah, can you can you tell a little bit, little bit how it evolved, how you started it, why you started it and so on? All right. Sure. Um, so uh, the term business for me is really interesting because for me, it doesn't really feel like a business. It feels like a project that has gotten out of hand a bit and also because the business model behind the project is actually kind of bad uh, and not that good Um, but for so for reference sake i will call it the project from now on it actually started as a passion project uh, and at its core it's basically just a website with um, 
basic information for young professionals in my field. So uh, the website, it offers information about starting your career and it uh, offers information on where to file all the paperwork, information about insurances, career advice for job interviews, etc., etc. So just a little push to get you going in um, into the working life. And the money comes from a flat advertisement model. So there are just um, companies who decide to um, exchange money for a big banner or a business page on the website or uh, supplemented maybe with uh, agenda items or they want to push their event or be in our newsletter or general more exposure. So basically, it's just a flat advertisement model. I started writing this project at the end uh, of my studies when I was starting myself, actually. There was no such thing at the moment. I had to figure everything out by myself and there was no set list about what should I know about starting beyond like my medical degree. And then it kind of escalated from there. Like, um, yeah. So, so we started with the website and after a few months, uh, it gained some traction. Um, also because uh, most of my friends were graduating and well, obviously I pushed them towards my website. Um, so it kind of grew a little uh, fast in the beginning. That was very nice. After a few months, we had um, our first partners. And after the first year, we thought, well, we could do an event. And I recruited some ambitious students or, well, colleagues, actually. Um, and we started doing events, um, started small with a small event. And then we kind of grew from there. Our last event was a lot bigger, I think. Our first event was about 10K in size and for about 200 people. No, not even 200 people. I think we started with like 50 or 60 people. And then it grew to the second one. I don't recall the numbers actually. But the last one is about uh, two to 300 people and it was about 100K in size. So it was, uh, yeah, it, it has kind of grown into a serious business and I could actually fill uh, a whole job with just the, the, the side project. But, um, but yes, that's basically what my project was or is. Stanley, that's also one thing that kind of like impressed me during your presentation on the retreat, like kind of like how humble you explain this, like kind of like it's nothing. It just happened naturally out of your studies, out of you realizing, hey, this information is not there. Um, I'm going to create something for it. And within my niche, I'm going to create a niche website to help medical specialists out. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but kind of like the value proposition I'm hearing from like um, your business perspective. Okay, um, there's information out there to get started. It's hard to find. It's difficult. I'm going to collide it all together into like a simple, easy to go format. And on top of that, I'm going to organize a ton of events for people to collaborate, to meet up, to network, um, combine it all in one organization. Um, and yeah, I just, I found it pretty fascinating. And just wondering, like, like how much time do you actually sp still spend on this? Because I'm recalling from your presentation uh, during the retreat that you actually managed to like streamline this in a pretty efficient way. Can you kind of like walk us through like the initial time investment of this and like how much time you spent on it right now? Uh, thank you for that summary. That was a lot more concise than I did myself. Uh, thanks for that. Um, yeah, sure. I can tell a bit about the time management and um, time that's gone into it. Um, so um, the first year was obviously um, a, a bit more work. Uh, so I wrote a website in maybe one month. 
and I spent about two days a week on it for the first month. And the first year, I also did all the meetings and the marketing and the building of the website and the newsletter. And yeah, I did a lot of things myself. Um, everything I did myself, by the way. Um, especially like meeting with uh, advertisers and meeting with the companies, asking them what they want and um, telling them how the business model works and everything. That took a lot of my time actually. So after the first year, um, I fairly, um, yeah, yeah, I didn't actually want to do that anymore. So I recruited uh, someone who would do a part of the writing for me, so for the blog, and he would do um, um, a bit of the events that we were doing. Actually, he would do the events. And um, I looked around for a freelancer who would do all the financial things because um, I found out very quickly that financial administration is the most boring thing that I did not want to do. And she kind of grew into it. And after in year two, I also let her do all the new proposals and I let her do all the contact with all the existing clients. That freed up my hands in year two to up about, well, 90% of the work. Yes. So right now I'm spending maybe one to two hours a month on this project. Yeah. Nice. Tim Ferriss style through the going down to like a four hour, well, even less than a four hour work week on a project like that. Um, nice one. Well done. Um, and one thing I also was kind of wondering about, you mentioned uh, your advertisers in the early stages. Um, and, you know, you obviously, you know, you're growing quickly. Uh, you've got an interesting value proposal. How did you approach them? Did you just walk over to them and be like, hey, guys, um, Give me money. I've got the public. I've got the people you want. Pay me, and you can get in touch with them. Yes, yes, that's exactly it. Um, when I was starting, I always thought about having a small income from the website. Um, the, the hardest part for me was when I was uh, done with the website. I had no idea how much money I could ask or how much money it would be worth. Um, so I just thought of a number which sounded fair. Um, and I send out some letters and see what the response was. But basically, yes, it was going out and uh, ask for some money and see where that got me. Can I ask how much? Um, I think uh, the first year I started for a plan with about 800 euros a year or something. So the plan was to have about 10,000 uh, a year passive income made from the website. Um, so I thought, well, 10 partners uh, with 800 a year and then some supplemented um, sellings on like uh, events on the website and promoting this and that will get me to about 10,000. Very well done. And can I ask like, so obviously that's um, the first 10K you made, but now you're about 100K. And what you described earlier, the kind of like the process of going to that is, is that 100k you're at right now um actually two-folded question is that completely made up of like purely events and like people sponsoring you or there also like any sales involved and where's the future going like i mean you're at 100 now do you want to keep growing up to like a million or like uh, what's the long-term plan for this business 
That are a lot of questions in one question. Um, I have to think a bit about that. Um, <laughs> Sorry, not to fold the more fivefold. <laughs> no. Uh, so the first question is: uh, Well, a hundred k sounds impressive, but it's really not that impressive because it's you know the total cost of the event. So it's not like we make hundred k of the event. It's far from that. Actually, it's 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 uh, it's not that big of a profit turner. The future of um, the event is actually interesting because I think we're going to scale it down. Um, at the moment, it takes up too many resources, resources in terms of time, uh, resources in terms of management, but also I really don't like the work involved with organizing events. Um, I'm sure you guys can relate uh, <laughs> towards this, uh, this point because you know it brings a lot of stress and it brings a lot of... Um, pressure i think it's it's not much work to create an event you know it's effortless for us and it was not stressful <laughs> at all <laughs> everything worked out as planned <laughs> uh, not yes so basically that i really i i don't like I, basically i don't like the work so that's why uh, we're probably not gonna do it any anymore Cool. Um, but will your partner go on or will you like scale down towards like more efficient purposes, like in terms of organizing and revenue versus profit or is it just literally you're going to scale down and that's it? Uh, we're going to take the event side of the business uh, to another place. So um, uh, my partner, he's going to focus on the events and I'm just going to scale down to the website and uh, the passive part of the job. Cool one. Okay, and you mentioned that um, that you could easily fill a, a, your whole the whole time with your side hustle. Why are you not moving from your day job to to your side projects uh, full time? Because my day job makes more money. Um, that's simple. the basic. Yeah, it's simple. It's, it's it's my my time is worth a certain amount of monies, and um, while the side job is perfect as a passive income, as active income, it doesn't work for me. Uh, one, I don't enjoy it, uh, like, you know, the events and stuff. Uh, two, I don't like to talk with partners and ask for money that much. Uh, I don't want to do that as my um, as my day job. Um, and uh, at the moment, my current day job is, uh, it makes enough money and it's rewarding. So that's why it's still a side job and not my main job. Um, so, so Stanley, I've seen um, in the video um, about the conference, it was really cool that, um, yeah, so seeing so many people and that it's really a kind of, yeah, bigger conference, people dancing, uh, people um, on a boat trip and stuff like that. So how did you plan um, all that and, and what's the business model behind the conference? So the plan or the, the whole idea behind our conferences are that we organize the events or the conference that we ourselves would want to attend. Um, so the current conferences are um, kind of, they're, you know, once you've been to one conference, that's basically the format for pretty much all the conferences. There's like a big room um, uh, with one speaker on stage and he's going to talk for 45 minutes and then you're going to have a break for 15 minutes and then you're going to have another speaker and then you're going to have a big lunch break and then you're going to have a speaker and then you're going to have a four, 15 minute break and then you're going to do it again. So this style of the conference, it was uh, for us, it was really boring to attend. So we thought what like... What if we could organize our own event and what if we could have the speakers that we want to, the things that we think 
are interesting for our target audience, but also make it a bit more fun to attend. So um, we started implementing things like... Um, multiple speakers on stage with headsets which you can turn uh, to different channels so you could choose which speaker you were listening to and this headset would then have like a visual indicator of color uh, to which channel the audience was turned into so you could see the room filled with uh, red and blue and green and switching between channels and switching between presentations so that was kind of fun but we also thought that it should be a lot more social uh, so we opened up uh, the evening program um, we uh, we started with a boat trip um, uh, we rented like a big big boat like it's not a cruise ship but it's really big boat um or ship and uh, after the congress we would go on the ship and have a little party we would have then another party after the boat so you know for the target audience uh, this was about uh having a useful and interesting day uh, in the morning and having a very nice uh you know party-like setting in in the evening so the things we would want to attend and we wouldn't do in our spare time. Sounds pretty cool. And um, I mean, you created all this kind of conference stuff, the website and the, uh, the revenue and cash flow. What makes your, your peers in, in, in the university, why didn't they um, have created that? I mean, it, they could also create a niche site and an event about the topic and so on. So what is it your part of your identity? Is this entrepreneurship or, or why what's holding your, your peers back from that? Good question. Um, I actually don't know why other people haven't started a website like this before. Um, because I've had a couple of friends come to me and say like, oh, this thing you do, uh, I always thought of doing something like this. And it was actually uh, kind of easy and uh, you're making uh, some money of it. And uh, that's really smart. And I wish I had done it before. And there was also some businesses who were like, At my proposal, when I when I when I was done and I presented my plan, they were like, "Yes, we were always planning on doing this, and uh, we always wanted to do to write this plan you already written because we have all the information." And um, but now we're a bit too late and everything. And even the domain name I took for my um, for my company uh, or, or side project, it was actually uh, taken for the the Dutch domain, and I just took. The, the general.com domain. So um, the reason why people haven't started, I don't know. But I think this is the the big difference be between, well, people aspiring to do something and actually doing something is actually doing something. You got to take the time to actually sit down and start your your dream or idea and put it on paper and and just start somewhere. And I think that's the most important part that people skip from having great ideas. Yeah, it's not easy if you have a great Netflix subscription and um, just to start. It sometimes can be over overwhelming if you if you plan too far in the future or try to figure out everything in advance. Sometimes, it, yeah, you just have to start and, and see where it goes. And that's the hard part. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's exactly it. The hard part is actually just starting and not knowing where you're gonna end up, maybe. But there will be so many opportunities on the way when you've already started. There will be th so many things that you have to actually learn, like things you didn't know you'd have to learn on the way, but you'll figure it out by Googling it. But 
basically there are so many opportunities coming towards you by expanding your network into an adventure like this like if nothing else from this project i've learned so many things about running running a business uh, doing time management uh, how money works how advertising works um, there's there's so much to gain by starting um, and it doesn't matter if you don't know where you're gonna end up because the journey will probably be worth it anyway and also it's also not a problem if you don't succeed i mean especially like online businesses or uh, like projects like this there's no risk in failing uh, well my the, the internet subscription for the website was what maybe 20 20 euros a month and uh, the only thing that's wasted is your time uh, of course time is valuable but there's no big risk if you fail in your project and uh, you will learn something on the way and do it better another time or have an, uh, an another idea to do it better or whatever it will always bring you more opportunities so you can also reuse your skills um if if the project fails um, you can reuse your skill in your in your day job or in another project and so on so it's not really wasted it's just gaining knowledge and experience i guess and the next question would be for me um, if you if you're a coach now I mean you have some experience now and you created all that business um, if, if you would consider yourself as a coach and try to coach um, your your younger peers in the university what would you tell them uh, how should they just start or repeat your scheme to create another niche site or online business what steps would you advise them to take and yeah what advice would you give them in general? So if you're inspired by this story and want to do the exact same thing, um, which I would not really recommend because, like I said, it's not a really good business plan. But if you would want to do that, that's, of course, possible. I'm not saying it's a good idea because the business model is not that good. But if you would want to do something like this, I think it's important to focus on the needs of your target audience. Uh, for me, it was really easy because the target's audience was actually me. So I was my own audience. Um, and you have to figure out what it is your target audience or you need um, in terms of information um, and how you can facilitate them. Um, how can you make their life easier with a couple of pages on a website? And maybe that is um, something I did with paperwork and general, uh, general job interview advice. Um, but maybe it could also be about career decisions in your field or specializations or job opportunities. I don't know. But the most important thing for my project was that I was talking and writing for my peers. I was talking to and writing for my friends. And that level of interaction, um, it automatically generates a lot of goodwill. Like people tend to trust Your, you tend to trust your colleagues, you tend to trust your friends, um, as apart from some instance or some company telling you how to do things. You're always thinking about, okay, where's the business model in this and how they are they trying to earn money from me in some particular way? Whereas you, if you talk to your peers, um, it comes more natural, I think. So what my, my, my basic advice would be to look at your target audience and where is the information gap? And the second advice, maybe the more important advice would be, um, sit down for two hours and start writing. Take the time to start. 
that's that would be my actionable advice. Stanley, really interesting take. What I'm also curious about, can I take this concept, this principle to another country? Like, have you thought about taking this business model abroad? Is there something like what you're doing in like France, Belgium, the UK? Uh, and if not, are you going to do it, do it yourself ever? Uh, yes. So there have been people asking me to do this for other branches and other countries as well. But I don't want to because then it just becomes research. Uh, to be honest, then it just becomes research, and I have to write something I don't really know that I didn't really do. I didn't really do, and it doesn't feel authentic to me. And well, probably that is a bad argument for most people. Like, uh, like why don't you just do it and uh, make some money while doing something you kind of enjoy? It's not fun enough for me. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of picky on where what I want to do with my free time because everything I do on this project is my free time and I want to do something that is that 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 speaks to me that sparks joy and um if I would do this for other countries it would just be be work and yes that's that sounds so spoiled actually but <laughs> it actually is uh, no, that's but, the reason I don't want to do it hey but fair enough and if it would truly earn you 500 euro per hour you would probably do it right but it doesn't. And if that's not worth it, why bother? Yes. And also because you have to find the right people to, 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 you know, keep it running. I would have to do the whole partner seeking out advertisers and partners and writing these letters to uh, other countries to, to uh, this, this, no, this, this doesn't, doesn't do anything for me. This is not fun. (laughs) Fair enough. I would like to ask um, Stanley where he wants to be in five years. I mean, yes, he wants maybe to work a little bit more on this project. Maybe he has other projects or where do you see yourself in five years? Do you have a plan or do you have a 10 year plan? (laughs) (laughs) So actually, that's a good question. One of the other reasons I don't want to spend time on like branching out because I have other projects. I totally forgot to mention that Um, I'm working on two or three different projects which have a much better business model than this one and are um, worth investing more time in. Um, so actually, that's the main reason why I'm not doing it. Not because it's not fun, because that sounded really bad. Um, <laughs> and um, the other question, the other part of your question, where do I want to be in five years? I don't know. I think five years is way too long to be making a plan for. I don't even know what I'm I'm, I'm going to do in two years. Like I have targets. Like the next year, I want to be like cash flow FI. So I want to generate enough passive income to cover all my uh, necessary living expenses. That would be really nice. Um, and then I would have my day job and I can spend the money on my day job on fun activities and holidays and um, maybe some expensive things. But, you know, that... That, that then in my head would work really well because if you have to work for the fun things, then it's all about your standard of living, about how much you want to work. So for the next year, I'm going to focus on some passion projects or more lucrative projects, and I'm going to work uh, less for my day job, and I'm going to see if I can build this passive income. 
Um, for the rest, yeah, five years is a really long time. I'm, I'm not sure where I'm going to be in five years. Maybe, um, maybe this this whole whole uh, building passive income. It will maybe take me one year. Maybe it will take me five years. Uh, maybe I want to sell our house and travel for one year. Maybe we will be blessed with kids and everything changes again. Especially in in uh, well in, in my age range where everything changes so fast upon the decisions you're making. Yeah, I don't have a five-year plan. Which is cool. Neither do I. Do you have a five-year plan, Matthias? Uh, not really. I go from one year to another. Actually, I'm go I'm going in half-year steps. And um, yeah, just having having a vision is fine. But I think you can have multiple visions. Maybe I don't know. I'm going from from one year to another, and that's it. The same. I'm, I too have like. I'm not necessarily if you can call it a plan, but like roughly like a two-year outlook of, all right, this is what I want to do in the next two years. And beyond that, not really. Uh, anyway. What what helps is a picture of yourself. If you if you have a picture of yourself, how, how you want to live uh, in like five years, 10 years, no, it, do, it doesn't matter how, how many years, but you just have to have a picture where you see yourself in which area and which house um who are you um connected with uh what is your which people are you interacting with uh, what's your what could be your interests and so on so like an image of yourself like a little little one minute movie of yourself in your head could help you um, to make the right choices from one year to another yeah just a rough outlook and like I, but i one thing i do believe in are strong principles strong habits um you have that outlook in mind, hey, I want to be here 5, 10, 20 years. Not details, just roughly, but having the balance or like the balance, the, um, the habits in place to also get there and knowing if I do this every single day or, or if I am this curious person, you know, who keeps trying to start companies, I will get there in the end. The details will follow later, but I will manage based on what I'm doing right now. I know this works, but we're rambling on again uh, and... Unless Matthias has any more burning questions, I think it would be cool to jump over to a review of the fire retreat. I would bet that Stanley will have um, a yacht <laughs> in the next five years that he's buying one, but uh, not sure on that. So, um, yeah, I'll... Uh, Amazing. So, Stanley, I don't know. So the, 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 <laughs> what, what do I do with a yacht, with a boat? Do you know how much money a boat costs? Like, no way. <laughs> That's where the who knows, who knows? I mean, if I ever am in need of a boat, we'll all go to Stanley. Uh, but uh, I know you don't have one yet, but you'll have one at a time. That's my uh, vision of the future. Okay, so, um, Stanley, one thing I'm also really curious about. Um, I mean, we met in Portugal. I mean, we already spoke together over the phone. Uh, like for 45 minutes talking about stocks and kind of like how hard it is to meet like-minded people. But yeah, we met physically finally at the fire retreat, spent a couple of days there together. And I'm just curious, how has your experience been? Can you give us like, you know, how has the retreat been for you? Um, the retreat was excellent. I really enjoyed my time. And like you said, the most important thing about the retreat for me was meeting like-minded people, meeting people who kind of have the same uh, well, not the same mindset, but uh, we share the same values and we can talk about money. 
and that is one of the things that really attracted me to 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 the retreat as well because it's kind of a social taboo to talk about money with your friends uh, like oh i make this much money and i spend it on this and i'm saving on this and i'm investing on this and you don't know the, the finances of your friends and maybe they they are not blessed with with a high income job or um, you don't want to dive into to their personal things about how they deal with money and it's also always a sensitive topic and um, in here at the fire retreat it was so easy to connect with people and just talk about money and the things how do other people uh, fix their finances and what are they investing in and how do they spend their time um, and why they're working towards FI because most people at um, at least at, at my age they don't really my, my peer group they don't really th think about investing or doing anything about investing let alone uh, you know the financial independence so for me it was really nice to be able to meet people um, with the same mindset and uh, to compare ideas and to hear them talk because everyone was having a little presentation it was really fun like how they were doing their plans and it drew it drew some inspiration for me um, and of course the surfing in the off time and visiting Lagos and going on boat trips in the caves in Portugal it was great I really liked it yeah I would I would do it again in a heartbeat yeah I find your take pretty interesting on the retreat because like for me, it's always about having all those people together, learning through that, uh, having people from all around Europe with all the experiences, taxes, strategies, getting them together. That's like, that was like the thing I enjoyed most. And like, I learned through meeting people, talking to them, um, talking face to face, getting them a bit drunk, uh, feeding them good meat and having them in Portugal with nice weather. Like that combination, that atmosphere is the the way like where you get people the most open the best talking and like for me others learn through statistics and books i learned through talking and presentations and this was truly like the best feeding ground for my brain um to learn more on fi uh but anyway i'm rambling on last note on the amazing food obviously in portugal we shouldn't forget that <laughs> the tuna steak uh and just for that sake it's i'm i'm gonna go again this year just well just for a city trip to porto but also because i'm gonna eat tuna steak again so um stanley where can people find you online do you want to be find or found <laughs> um or yeah do you have a website do you have a instagram account do are you on snapchat <laughs> or something like that um, yes, yes, but no. Um, <laughs> I'm not building my online personality um, as a brand, uh, mostly because of uh, the job I'm in. So um, if you want to reach out to me, that's fine. You can reach out to me through the FIURA podcast and it will find um, my direction or my way. Of course. And um, is there any rare resource you can recommend our listeners, um, like a book or a a video that helped you on your on your path to FI, or maybe a game, or maybe a podcast and something like that. Uh, sure, um, we haven't really talked about portfolios much, but um, I really like the Bogoheads forums and the Bogoheads wiki to learn about uh, EFTs and different portfolios and how to build your uh, portfolio with the correct risk allocation and diversity and spread and everything. So that would be my uh, tip for um, index funds building, the Bogoheads forums. Awesome one. And then the last question of today, um, is there any, like, what is the number one actionable tip for somebody on the path of fire getting started? What's the one thing you would recommend them doing? Like, hey, try this. It has the most effect on your life. 
Yes, number one actionable tip is to just start. If you have an idea, if you want to uh, create something next to your job, um, the most important step you have to take is the first one. Um, take some time, sit down and do it. Write it down. You will learn your skills on the way. If you don't know what to do, Google knows what to do. And if Google doesn't know what to do, you uh, reach out to someone who does know what to do or someone who knows what to do. And uh, be bold and ask, um, especially also with uh, advertisers and partners. Uh, be bold, ask for money, value yourself, value your time, talk to the people who can help you, uh, build your network Like even if your uh, first project fails, you can use you can use this network for like um, tips or better ideas or other ideas or um, other plans. Your network is val very valuable um, for the rest of your career. And you know um, if you if you can't really figure it out on how it, you just have to wing it. Sometimes the entrepreneurial path or the path of building something is sometimes you have to deal with things you don't know, and you'll figure it out on the way yeah that would be my number one tip just go for it start as nike says just do it thank you so much for that stanley and thank you so much for coming on to the show well thank you for having me cool see you next year in the for the next retreat <laughs> yes for sure <laughs> thank you guys for listening to this episode we hope you learned something new and enjoyed the show you can support us by doing this subscribing through your favorite podcast program and leaving us a review Following us on Instagram and Twitter at Financial Independence Europe. Sending us an email with questions and feedback. We would love to hear from you. All the mentioned articles, books and cool resources can be found in the show notes at financial-independence.eu. Thank you for listening and see you next time.